Well, welcome. I'm Pastor Jeremy Peters of the Court Street United Methodist Church. I want to thank you for gathering with us on this unusual Good Friday. You know, these last few weeks have been, for many of us, a, a time of grief. We've been grieving the loss of events that have been canceled and things that won't happen. And today, as we observe Good Friday, I'm feeling a little bit of that sadness myself. And one of the moments of the year that I most look forward to is noon on Good Friday, when here in Flint we gather with many different kinds of believers. We put aside the things that, that divide us and separate us, and we gather together to tell the story of the depths of God's great love for us and the things that Jesus did on Holy Thursday and Good Friday. Now, this year, that's not going to happen uh, because we are all sheltering in place. We're not going to be able to gather together as we usually do, and I'm feeling sadness about that. But I also believe that, that nothing can keep us from telling the story of God's great love for us. And so this year, we're going to tell the story again, just in a different way. And what we're going to do this year for Good Friday is, is I'm going to lead you on a walk around Flint, around downtown Flint and some other places in Flint. And as we walk around Flint, we'll pause to tell the story and to pray for our neighbors and to pray for our community and to pray for this world that God loves. So take a deep breath, church, and let's get started on this journey together. So I'm standing now in front of the Good Beans Cafe. There's a, a table at the Good Beans Cafe that is my favorite place in all of Flint to get a cup of coffee and to sit and to talk to people. And the story that we're about to tell begins at a table too. Listen now as we hear the story from the Gospel of John, beginning in chapter 13. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. On the night he was arrested, Jesus gathered at a table with his disciples, and then he served them by washing their feet. Here outside the Good Beans Cafe, we pause to pray for all of those workers who are still serving, preparing food and stocking shelves and putting their health at risk. And we also pray for those people who have lost their jobs in recent weeks. We pray for business owners who are hoping that all of this will be over soon so they can pay their employees and provide for their families again. Let's pray. God who meets us at the table, God who taught us to wash each other's feet, we ask that you would care for those who care for us. We ask that you would give physical health to those who are working, and we ask that you would give mental health to those who are out of work. In this moment of uncertainty, teach us to share our bread and care for one another. 
so that no one would have to walk through this valley alone. Through Christ, who took the form of a servant. Amen. So now we've walked across the street and down the block and I'm standing in Memorial Park. After Jesus shared a meal with his disciples, he went to a place called Gethsemane. 
Gethsemane was an orchard. It was filled with olive trees. And in that place, Jesus paused beneath the trees and he asked his disciples to watch while he prayed and had a conversation with his father. Let's hear how the story continues. After Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers together with police from the chief priests and the Pharisees. And they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Now Memorial Park is one of the best places in downtown Flint. There's a, a playground and there's a basketball court. And usually on a day like this with the sun shining, this place would be filled with children and there would be lots of noise and laughter. But today the park is quiet. There aren't any children around. And so today as we pause in Memorial Park, let's take a moment to pray for the children here in downtown Flint and the children in the communities where we live. God who cares for us as a father. God who protects us as a mother. We ask that you would come now to comfort your children as they miss their grandparents and their friends, as they struggle to understand why school has ended and why vacations have been canceled, as they spend day after day with parents who are also tired and afraid. Take your children under your wing. Hold them close to your heart that they might continue to thrive and grow. Through Christ who said, let the children come to me. Amen. In the garden of Gethsemane, my Lord went to pray. Take this cup from me away Cause he knew the time was very near To give his life away For all God's people that have gone astray For God to love the world That he gave his only son So those that to love the world that he gave his only son so those that believe will have life in the garden of Gethsemane my Lord prayed for me. He said, I am them and you and me. You see, Jesus came to my defense that night in Gethsemane. 
even with his life in jeopardy. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so those that believe will have life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so those that believe will have life. So now we're just down the street and we're standing outside the county jail. As we walk into worship each Sunday morning at Court Street United Methodist Church, we can turn around in our parking lot and look up at the jail and sometimes we can even hear the sounds of the men who are incarcerated there. 
I wonder how often we pause to remember that Jesus himself also spent the night in prison. We continue the story in John's Gospel. So the soldiers, their officer, and the police arrested Jesus and bound him. After Jesus was arrested in the garden, he was taken to a prison cell. As we pause here outside the jail, let's take a moment to keep in prayer those who will sleep in cells tonight. God who met Peter and Paul and Silas when they were locked in prison cells, we pray that you would go where we cannot go. Dwell with those who are incarcerated and unable to practice physical distancing. Dwell with those who are incarcerated and unable to care for and comfort their families. Dwell with those who have been forgotten by the world that we might see what grace is through Christ who slept on a hard prison floor. Amen. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt on So we're standing now in front of the Court Street United Methodist Church. One of the most difficult moments in the Good Friday story is that moment when Jesus is rejected and condemned by religious leaders and people who thought that by rejecting Jesus they were honoring God. And the Good Friday story serves as a warning to those of us who are religious that anytime we draw a line in the sand, God stands with the people on the other side of that line. And anytime we close a door to our neighbors, God stands on the other side of that door with our neighbors. Listen as the story continues. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, 
one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus in the face, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Here outside the church, let's pause to pray for all those who have experienced loneliness and rejection in the name of God. God of the outcast, stand with those who have been rejected and condemned in your name. Stand with those who have been rejected because their voices were inconvenient or their bodies made us uncomfortable. Stand with those who have been made to feel unwelcome in the church and teach us to stand with them too. Through Christ who made the Pharisees nervous. Amen. standing in almost the same spot we've just turned to face another direction and we're looking up at the Genesee County Courthouse and one of the things that we learn about God in the pages of Scripture is that God takes justice seriously especially the idea that justice should be fair and should treat all people with equity now in this building that's behind me every day judges and lawyers and people come seeking justice and seeking to do justice and every day in courthouses like this one, people all around America discover that the justice system doesn't always treat everyone equally. And when Jesus was taken to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, he didn't receive a fair trial either. Listen as the story continues. Then the religious leaders took Jesus from the high priest to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, If this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and striking him on the face. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. Here outside the courthouse, we pray for all who hunger and thirst for justice. Let us pray. God of the widow who prevailed over an unjust judge, we pray for all who hunger and thirst for justice. We pray for those who will be in prison because they do not have money for bail. 
We pray for those who will be imprisoned instead of receiving care for mental illness or addiction. We pray for those who will be forced to settle for injustice because they cannot afford to pursue justice. We pray for your kingdom to come, that your Son might judge the world with equity. Through Christ, who was arrested, judged, and condemned. Amen. Were you there when they nailed him to a tree? Were you there when they nailed him to a tree? standing now in front of the YWCA of Greater Flint. One of the ways in which the YWCA serves our community is by providing shelter and resources to women who are escaping from abusive relationships. The YWCA has continued to do that work even in this unusual season of quarantine. As we continue the story, we're going to discover that Jesus also was a victim of abuse and torture. Listen as the story continues in John's Gospel. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but this man said I am King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. They also took his tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, 
but cast lots for it to see who will get it. This was to fulfill what the scripture says. They divided my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. And that is what the soldiers did. Here outside the YWCA, we will pray for those who are experiencing torture and abuse in our community and around the world. We pray. God of the bruised and betrayed, this moment is difficult for all of us, but it is especially difficult for children and spouses who are sheltering in place with their abusers. God, send your peace to those who live in fear in their own homes. God, send your peace to those who are facing torture in prisons around the world. God, send your peace that hurting and suffering and pain would be no more. Through Christ, who still has holes in his hands. Amen. So now we're down the street a bit, looking up at Hurley Hospital. Right now inside of Hurley Hospital, there are doctors and there are nurses who are working around the clock to care for people and to keep people alive. And this seems like a good place for us to pause and remember that at a moment when most of his disciples had abandoned him, 
at a moment when most of the disciples of Jesus were hiding away behind closed doors, there were still a handful of people, mostly women, who stayed with him to watch over him and to take care of him. Listen as the story continues in the Gospel of John. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. Here outside Hurley Hospital, we will pray for the caregivers who are working to heal the world right now. Let's pray. God of the women who refuse to abandon Jesus, we thank you for the doctors and the nurses and the EMTs and the ambulance drivers and the caretakers and the undertakers and for everyone who is in harm's way at this place where life meets death. Whisper encouragement to them each day that they might continue in strength and in health through Christ who is both the patient and the great physician. Amen. Tears no bitterness 
crave thy victory. I triumph still if thou abide with me. Well, here we are at Glenwood Cemetery. Glenwood Cemetery is a sacred space. Standing in this place, I am surrounded by former pastors and members of the Court Street United Methodist Church. And we've come to this place not to conclude the story, not to finish the story, but to finish the part of the story that we're telling today. And listen now as the story continues in the Gospel of John. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had at first come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a hundred pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices in linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Here at Glenwood Cemetery, instead of a word of prayer, I'm going to invite you to observe a moment of silence. Jesus didn't move too quickly through the place of pain and death, and so we won't move too quickly through the place of pain and death either. In this moment, I invite you to allow the story that we've heard today settle in your bones and to stand in awe of what God's love did for us.
Amen. Well, maybe you're aware that there's a tradition in the church that we don't conclude worship on Good Friday with a word of blessing or with a benediction. That's our way of recognizing that the story hasn't finished and the story isn't over yet. And so instead of concluding today with a word of blessing, I'm simply going to make this invitation. Come back on Easter Sunday morning to find out how the story ends.